Hello, welcome to episode 41 of the Bonfire Banter podcast. I'm Dean from DD Web Consultancy, and I'm joined by my friend... Megan, aka Bonfire Cherry, who sounds like the um, PC speaking from a mile away. Oh, and we're joined by our guest. I'm, I'm Jean, and I am an artist living in Northampton. Yeah, for this episode, talk about selling work around the seaside. Because yes. when you're down sort of like Cornwall, Blackpool, that's around the seaside, people tend to buy more artsy stuff than yeah, they do elsewhere. that's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting for us because we're so far away from the sea in every direction, aren't we, that it's almost like yeah. you go those go to those places and think, wow, it's really amazing here. I think the closest thing we've got is the seagulls. Yeah. Yeah, basically. So my, um, we're redecorating at the moment and my... Um, Stepdaddy spent over uh, 300 or 500 pounds on a piece of artwork down there than by an independent artist. Can you hear that? <laughs> that Tyson? That's the dog. Yeah, I've got oh, a small white dog from Titan. <laughs> Titan, that was it. I can mute myself for a sec. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's lots of people living at the seaside creating art to sell to visitors. And I suppose they get so many more visitors there so routinely that it's a much bigger market than we are experiencing here in an ordinary town, really. Especially at the moment, due to our current situation, people don't want to travel abroad due to possible yeah. quarantine. So when I went yeah. down to Cornwall last week, Practically all a lot of Cornwall was um, busy, so I only stuck to Lou and Paul Perro. Mm. And a lot of those places had a lot of um, art. Um, I bought um, from Paul Perro, I did buy a small um, brooch from Jasmine Rebecca, who sells that stuff at um, Paul Perro, and then a small little shed on the main strip. You go down to, um, down to the harbour. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because um, I, I imagine that those people have suffered over the last few months when no visiting was happening at all. Yeah, and it's because I think tourists coming down there, it, I always like to bring a gift back, and it, I think it's more memorable buying a piece of art than buying um, sort of rock or fudge. Yeah. Well, yeah. I did ironically buy when I was in Cornwall, and I bet most of the fudge. <laughs> <laughs> did get some um, gin made gin down made down in Cornwall. What um, I'll be drinking for a future episode with Dean. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, do you sell lots of work online? I do. Yeah, I've um, sold down to near the coast, Spain, Canada. And America is the and Australia is the furthest I've sent. Yeah, well, it's hard at the moment sending stuff, sending stuff internationally. I yeah. sent a print to um, um, Canada, and it took around about three weeks to get through customs. Yeah, I I take part in a in a like a charity project on Instagram called One of Many Postcard, and it's led by this artist, a printmaker. It's for printmakers, um, and it's led by this a guy called John Pedder, who's an artist in Sheffield, and he started it about eighteen months ago, 
And every, every like, probably every three months or so, he'll set a day called one of many postcard day and then the number. And any printmaker can make a, a set of prints and they've got to be postcard sized. And then you put them up on Instagram and people claim them and they say, I'd like one. And the agreement is that you will post it to them and they will donate to a charity of their choice. And through doing oh. that, I've sent postcards all over the world. It's incredible. But you're right. I did it probably six weeks ago, I think there was one, maybe longer ago than that. It was April, actually. And it was really interesting how long it took to... I've sent them off to Greece and America and Canada and Germany and Austria and Austria and Australia, which is a bit confusing, and, and around the UK. And it was interesting because then they pop up on Instagram and, and somebody will say, oh, I got your postcode and I donated postcard and I donated to this charity. And it, it, you just have this ripple of all the different charities that they've chosen to donate to, which is great. And that's made my art sort of go to lots of places it wouldn't have gone normally. What was the last coastal town you went oh, to? Uh, um, sort of in the North Devon coast last summer. So places like Morteau and Instow. And uh, it was, that was nice because we, we, we have some, my friend and I, we have some friends who, when they retired, they moved to North Devon. And every so often we go and stay with them. Oh, lucky things. But, but having said that, I went to the coast of... Um, Gosh, I think it was Denmark or yeah, Denmark in October. I take at work. We take part in a project where we go to. Well, we used to go to different countries and work together. And we went to Denmark last October, and they took us to a coast that was eroding, and all the cliffs were falling down. And they showed us a lighthouse that had been moved so that it was kind of protected and it didn't fall down these cliffs and that was quite dramatic because it was quite wild weather in October. It's interesting how you can get a bit of a network effect when like you say creating ripples things like the postcards yeah people don't to charity. Yeah I quite I so I I've sent out 125 postcards since it started so that's quite nice so even if everybody only donates five pounds that's quite a lot of money that's gone to charity from what you know from the postcards that I've sent and there's oh my goodness there's like hundreds of artists on Instagram doing it so every time it happens I end up saying I want this one I want that one so I end up with at least four or five myself I I usually donate to Arts Emergency when I get my postcards <laughs> do you think if you had to pin them around the house it would cover the whole house Oh gosh, it might it would certainly be a big space for sure. And I've got I've got all these postcards, and I've got like got them all in little frames. And when I have my room decorated, I'm going to have like little shelves to prop them all up on. But at the moment, they're just sitting in a big pile, waiting for that to happen. But it's a nice size for people, I think. And and also, a few people have gone on to look at my Etsy shop and bought work because they've got the postcard and they liked it. And I've also I'm going to, I've been making a postcard that's outside that because my postcard is like an expanded train ticket, believe it or not. And it, um, it has a date stamp on it. And some people like the, the date stamp is always 
the, the date that John Pedder has nominated as the day. But some people huh. write, write and ask, well, could you make another one, but it's got my wedding anniversary date stamped on it or my partner's 50th birthday. So I'm going to make one where they can choose the date. So that would be interesting. Well, what was the big risk? What gender was a few a few classes? If they can, is it a, a woman who runs bonfire chair? If they can, no, it's actually me. Well, I suppose <laughs> now I'm transitioning. It, that's now correct. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they. I just saw a post, and they're doing a big clean in Abington Park Museum, and they're about to reopen. I think. And the few museums reopening soon. Yeah, and Leicester, Leicester Museum opened on Monday. And uh, a friend of mine works, does volunteer work at, te- at one of the Tate galleries, and she was saying it's a good good time to go and visit galleries in London at the moment because you have to book. And they're really restricting the numbers. And often when you go to those big galleries in London, they're just packed full of people and you can't see what you want to see. And she said that that isn't the case at the moment because they're so careful about the numbers that you can just wander around on your own and see everything and nobody gets in the way at all. Yeah, it was similar um, when I went to Lou. I went to, because I wanted to go to a few museums, but a lot of them were small, so they were, had to close. So I went to uh, Lou Heritage Centre. And that was like a, a big room about the heritage and whatnot. And you had to book in advance and that. So I had a personal personal guide around the place by, my, by myself. It was good. I, I admit I, it cost me £15 to go around the room. but <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not so bad if you're getting personal attention. So yeah. It was good getting the history of Lowe, actually. Yeah, it's where it's I, the, in Cornwall. I've been to Falmouth and Penzance and St Ives. So where is it in relation to them? It, it's oh, uh, it's not far away from Plymouth. All oh, right, so it's not really far, far, far into Corn, uh, Cornwall. No, um, no, the bridge into Cornwall, the Tarmouth Bridge. Right. When you go into into Cornwall, just keep on going and follow the signs below, and it's run about um, twenty minutes, and you're there. I remember um, when I was down there, I brought my um, instant camera with me, and I took a lot of photos down there. I walked down to a beach near where we were staying, and um, it was it was this is about six o'clock on a Sunday morning, <laughs> and I walked down. It's absolutely peaceful. It was great. Got some yeah. good shots, but the downside, the hill I walked down was was very steep. It was literally oh. about this steep. Yeah, it nearly yeah. killed me walking back up. <laughs> yeah, we're not used to that in Northamptonshire, are we? No, well, I think I live on a hill, and that's the nearest thing to a hill I have to deal with. Yeah, it's really easy to take that kind of thing for granted when you're normally used to walking on more flat land. It's like if I've ever gone anywhere more hilly. I think I'll be fine because I, I walk a lot here, but then once I'm there, I just find actually I'm quite unfit. Yeah, I, I went to university in Bangor in North Wales, and that's really hilly. And the building where we lived was one side of the ballet, and then some of the teaching happened right down the hill, and some of the teaching happened right up the next hill. So, so you could, you'd either be going down and coming up. We'd be going down and up and then down and back oh. up, depending on what you were doing that day. But either way, there was no way of avoiding a lot of hills, really steep hills. 
<laughs> Do you want to end the episode with another random craft fact? Yeah, I would. From 2000, around 2015, um, the crafts contributed £3.4 billion pounds to the UK economy. Uh, good. I added something a bit extra onto that. Over 60% of makers have the first or second degree in craft, art or design. Oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I know someone who's got a master's in psychology and she's probably the one of the most creative people I know. One of the, and one of the most smartest people I know. Yeah. Do you think maybe a lot of people get diverted at the school stage away from doing creative subjects and, and you know, like creative activities into more like traditional subjects and traditional jobs? And then when they get older and they've got more independence and more say, that's when it kind of breaks out and they go, no, I am going to be making things. Yeah, I think that's the thing at the moment. I suppose that uh, with lockdown, a lot of craft will increase where people do a lot more cross-stitching, knitting, painting, or obviously all, all the different crafts that you could do. So uh, there's definitely been an increase in craft this year. Oh, yeah, and I think it's been, like, massive in keeping people occupied and feeling good and interacting with each other and and just artists and craftspeople they've just been so generous with their time and their ideas and their like helping people out haven't they you know on social media people have shared ideas and materials and they've gone online and talked to groups and you know i think it's been incredible how people in the arts have worked to keep morale up and to keep people you know diverted from the serious things going on I think that's everything for this episode. This has been Megan, a.k.a. Bonfire Cherry, with my handsome co-host. I'm Dean from DigiVo Consultancy. And with us on this episode, we have got... Dean Edwards. <laughs> you can find it on Instagram, Twitter, and on our blog as well. Also on our Etsy club as well that we include in the show notes. Thanks very much for listening. Bye bye. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. bye.